because she was picking up on my energy. And as I healed my trauma, this dog became so much more peaceful and was a whole different dog, just like I had become this whole different person. And this is what I want people to experience, not only within themselves, but so often our animals are mirroring what's going on inside of us. And then when we can work on ourselves, our animals change along with us. And then we have more peace and harmony within that relationship. Yeah, every relationship. Every, our animals, you're right, every. Our yes. children, our partners, our family. Yes. Yeah. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello, welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So wonderful as always to be with you again. I have the most delightful person to introduce you to. Her name is Barbara Teckle. Now, if I said your name right, Teckle. 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 Not Teckle. Barbara Teckle. And Barbara, we were just having a yak before I turned the recording on, found her empowerment and enlightenment through her journey with animals. That's exactly right. Yep. So we're going to learn more about her story and get into some healing and what it takes to be empowered and healing. Let me read Barbara's bio. Animals have been some of Barbara's greatest teachers and healers since she set out on a personal quest to understand who she truly is beyond the mind, body and personality. The guidance and wisdom she received from Dogs led her into the fascinating and supportive world of metaphysics. As she journeyed along her expedition, it was a wolf, a snake, a horse, a pint-sized dash hound, plus a dream, insights from oracle cards, listening to her intuition and embracing ritual and ceremony, which finally had her arrive at the understanding of her true self-worth and that she is worthy just the way she is she says this is what she wrote to me it's not part of your bio but I just loved it so I put it in here uh this is what you wrote to me in the email I wish to inspire others to the potential to heal and understand their past woundings are a gift that provide them with many strengths to let people know that animals are some of our greatest teachers often serving as a mirror to what we most need to heal within ourselves I wish to help people understand that the turmoils in our lives are truly happening for us and not to us. And it is meant to help us thrive and evolve. And the way to lasting peace is by continuing to do the inner work. By observing the outer world, uh, we see the clues of what we need to heal within. As we heal what needs healing, which the animals on our planet are so desperately want for us. Uh, when we heal, the animals heal and we can come back into more balance and harmony and have a harmonious existence. Today, Barbara serves as an oracle guide with two signature readings, Wisdom in Pause, readings for pets 
and people experiencing pet caregiver burden, feeling anxious around negative behaviors, separation, anxiety issues, and grieving of a loss of a pet, and wisdom in pause for women wishing to journey inward and understand more fully the subconscious patterns which keep you stuck. Okay, you've got a few books happening. I'm just fine the way I am, healing emotional pain through the wisdom of animals and oracles. Wisdom found in pause. Josie's gift? Joey's gift. Joey's gift. Oh, okay. Joey's gift. Who's Joey? Uh, little dachshund I had. Oh, it's the dachshund. Little, yep. Through Frankie's eyes, a woman's journey to her authentic self and the dog on the wheels who led the way. Is that the dachshund? Another dachshund. That's three another special, one. Three special needs dachshunds that each have their own book and oh. what they taught me. Yep. And then a children's book, Frankie, the walk and roll dog. And Frankie, the walk and roll therapy dog, visits Libby's house. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so let's, what was happening? Like what put you on this journey? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that little dog on wheels. <laughs> yeah, and Frankie was a girl, actually. Um, her real name was Francesca. You know, and I do have to just take a step back. It really, um, my very first dog, Cassie Joe, who was a chocolate lab, she's the one that started me on the journey. Um, you know, into the big picture, source, God, how universe, however you define it, put dogs in my path to start to begin to look at how I really wanted to live my life. And that chocolate lab she had been diagnosed with bone cancer when she was 10 or nine, nine and a half years old. And I just remember watching her one day playing outside. It was terminal. She, you know, there was no cure. And she's just romping through the yard, happy as could be. Her ears are flying in the wind. And I just, I was blown away by that. And I thought, how can she be living so happily when she's going to die soon? Mm. And that just started the path. And, and after Cassie Joe passed away, it was nine months later that, so universe had to really, you know, I'm the type of person I have to have like a two by, two by four put up against my head before I get things in life. And then my next dachshund would become paralyzed and end up in a wheelchair. And that really, that, you know, I had been starting to explore in my life um, near the end of Cassie Joe's life. What did I really want for my life? You know, I just wanted, I wanted to, you know, make a difference in the world. I wanted to make a difference in my own life. And I've just always had this connection with animals. And that's when I decided to become a writer. And I mean, that started back in 2005. And here I am today, five dogs later, three of them special needs. And one of the big key lessons, especially from the special needs dogs was, you know, just in line with what your program is all about and all your interviews that you do, you know, so often we're trying to look to the outside world to fix us. Or in my case, I was trying to fix these animals that, you know, my last book, I find just the way I am, actually came from my dog through an animal communication session who said, I'm fine just the way I am, wow. which was, you know, and it was actually a reflection and she was mirroring for me what I needed to heal within myself of a childhood 
trauma and vision I had carried with me for 25 plus years. And I was too, too afraid to acknowledge it um, for fear of the pain and the fear of being rejected and judged. Um, so yeah, animals definitely are my reflection, my mirror to something that is so much bigger than us. And um, they have walked beside me so lovingly encouraging me to, to be who I truly am. Do you still have an animal in your life at the moment? Oh, I don't have one right now. It's been two years. Uh-huh. I'll try. I'll try not to cry. Uh-huh. It's, it'll, be, it'll be two years in Feb or Mar- uh, sorry, May since Gidget, my last dog, Gidget, my little Gidget. She's so beautiful. I love to share her picture. Oh. Um, since she passed, my husband's not ready yet. Um, and that's been really painful for me at times because I just want to love another dog and just so hopefully hopefully soon I'm trying to allow the universe to uh let it happen when it's supposed to yeah it'll happen when it's supposed to so the traumas that you were experiencing were more the traumas that the dogs were experiencing like you obviously like all of us we've kind of we've got this subconscious limiting ideas that we carry around I'm not good enough I'm not worthy I don't think there's a human on earth that doesn't carry around that I I think that that's part of the human condition that we come into density and and then we take on all these limiting ideas about ourselves and then we have to find ways of releasing it and when we do find ways of releasing it we do so not just for us we do so for the whole planet and uh, like I've said I think I said on the last show you know, the healers come to heal themselves. And as they heal themselves, they do so for everybody because there are people that will just never look at that. They'll never heal that. They'll never look at it. They'll never want to look at it. They'll just try and overcome it by drinking or eating or more sex or more money or more fun or just like, can I just not go there? <laughs> can I just right. not look at that? Right. Can I just not look at my shadow and just try and cover it up with something that feels good? Yeah, so... So the traumas were really more the dog's traumas than your own? No, um, it was actually my trauma that I had kept buried um, Mm -hmm. for, like I said, over 25 years. It actually didn't come into my consciousness until I was 29 years old. Mm -hmm. So subconsciously, what had happened is I had been touched inappropriately as a child, Mm -hmm. which did not come into my consciousness until 29 years old. And it came as this flash. Mm -hmm. And it was so startling to me mm-hmm. that I, you know, I did not want to look at it. And mm-hmm. for the next 25 years, I, I refused to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would come up, you know, it would just, it would flash now and then in my mind. And I just couldn't believe it could be real. Mm-hmm. And so when I adopted my third uh, disabled dachshund, Gidget, um, she, it would be about a year after I adopted her maybe not quite, she would begin to have seizures. Mm -hmm. And from what I understood, she never did have seizures before that. And through the whole journey that we walked together, she, I truly believe that um, she was trying to shake that, to, to share that, to get that out from within me, to express what had happened to me. I'd never given voice to it. Mm-hmm. And she was trying, she was carrying like that energy in her body mm-hmm. and um, trying to shake that loose for me to speak that truth. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I talk about in my last book. I'm fine just the way I am. And it really, I'm, I'm going to go to the part where it first began, because I think it's so intriguing. It's not just animals in our lives, but it's animals in nature. You know, I really see them as oracles because they reflect in their mirror things that we don't want to look at. And um, it really began with um, a dead snake. And um, I had had a fear of snake, like many people do. Now, I don't think I, it, you know, I just didn't really want to be near them. I could kind of look at a picture of them. And I would one day find a, a dead snake behind um, my car, just out off the driveway. And it was a mama snake. And four of her babies, and they were all, and they were all dead, like I said, and the babies were dead. There was two near her and then two further away. And I remember just, it was in the summertime and I remember walking up to the, that snake and looking at her and she was the most beautiful emerald green I had ever seen. And I was, I, I almost started to cry. I mean, my eyes filled up with tears and it was just so tragic to me. And then I was, then I thought, oh my gosh, did I, did I run over them and kill them? which was just really hard for me to even bear to think that I had killed that mom and her four babies. So I have a, I have a friend, she's an author, written a lot of books about, you know, animal wisdom. And I reached out to her and, you know, told her what I found. And she said, you know, do you want to dance with the wisdom of snake? I said, yeah, let's do it. Little did I know the journey that was going to take me on. And snake really is about shedding what no longer serves you. It's about transformation. And um, so we tried to, to figure out what exactly was going on there, what, try, what snake was trying to reveal to me and share with me. And it would be about a week or two later, she shared with a friend of hers who's a dream analyst, um, you know, what I had thought was going on. And the dream analyst said, you know, really wanted me look at, wanted me to look at what it was I was um, crushing beneath, uh, beneath the tires, like, you know, your car from my car, you know, did I think I had run over it? And I remember after my friend shared that with me, I was just, I just didn't know what to think. And I was, I was sitting there and I, all of a sudden I got a stomach ache and I went to lay down. And the minute I closed my eyes, that flashback came back again. And that, that was like, it's, you know, and I still, I still didn't want to admit that that was there. I didn't want to say it out loud. And it would, pro I think it was like two or three months later, like four months later, I was having a conversation again with my friend um, who's written the books on about animal wisdom. And it felt like just like out of nowhere, like I had left my body and I just blurted out what had happened to me. And I was stunned at first, but at the same time, there was this relief that I had finally, like, finally let that go. But all this time, it was like, I never, I just couldn't believe it. And I couldn't wrap my head around it. And it was just too hard to understand that that could have been true. And then so like all these years, I'll be 58 years old this summer, all these years, you know, I doubted myself. You know, you, if you doubt such a powerful vision, 
you doubt everything else in your life. But that snake was such a gift to me. And I have tremendous respect and honor for snake now. And sometimes that's hard for people to hear too. It's like, how can you respect and honor a snake? But by honoring that snake, I honored my, I'm honoring myself. I'm honoring myself and the gift that snake gave to me. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. So what did you say snake was about shedding, shedding old, shedding the old, shedding old wounds, shedding old patterns. Yeah. yeah, letting go of what no longer, you know, I was, I, it, it was, you know, I was being called to make this shift in my life to start standing in the truth of what had happened to me. Um, I don't want to like totally give the whole book away because I would love people to buy a copy of the book. But, you know, um, I always knew every time that flashback would happen, I would think to myself, if I ever say this out loud, there's two people I, I definitely want to share this with, and that was my mom and my husband. They're the two people in my life that have supported me in unimaginable ways. Mm. And, um, and and I forgot what I was going to say there, because sometimes I get so emotional about things. But um, You know, this, this happened to me in a session with a client. She sat here, and um, she was struggling with a lot of self-worth issues, and I saw her being inappropriately, you know, abused by her father. And I'm mm. like, oh, crap, she doesn't remember this. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so I took her into meditation. Like, how do I tell somebody this? And I said, and she started crying. And I said, what are you seeing? And she saw it too. And I'm like, oh, thank God. I didn't have to tell her. Like, that vision came to me, but it also came to her. It came to both of us, right? Because like you, she didn't remember she didn't have any memory of it so she cried for about two weeks <laughs> then she came back and then we got her into forgiveness to the point where she rang him up and and confronted him and forgived him and told her he might, that you know like she just fast-tracked her evolutionary journey and the joy yeah. that returned after that it's like she had had something sort of pressing on her her whole life like holding her down from her joy and the joy that returned after that was just exponential, just letting that go and letting that out and, and, and seeing the benefit of it. Because, you know, when traumatic things happen to us, we often can't see how that's serving us. Uh, right. But, yeah. Right. You know, you're making me think of um, and reflect back on the fact that, you know, after I shared that with my friend that it just finally came out it would take me several, I'm trying to even think how much longer after that before I finally, you know, I've been married for 36 years. I had never told my husband. Right. I had never told my mother. Um, and I was, I was terrified. I wasn't so worried about my mom because I, I, I knew she would, you know, I knew she would embrace me. But for some reason with my husband, I just thought, you know, and maybe that's a, it's a limited belief and it's that stigma of, you know, if you tell your husband he's going to leave because you're damaged, you know, it was it was all of that that was going through my mind. Um, and then what if they think I've lost my mind, you know, um, but it would be several months later. And that's, you know, Gidget um, also had very had um, chronic health issues besides the seizures. She also had um, bladder issues because she was a uh, 
at one point she couldn't walk in her life and they rehabilitated her because she's got a disc disease that's common to dachshunds, which affected her bladder, which I had to express every day for her several times a wow. day. Wow. And that can, yeah, I did that for 13 years with three different dachshunds. Um, yeah. But that could off, often cause um, bladder infections. And there just came a point where I just, I could not cope anymore. I, I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I was, you know, taking her to the vet. It felt like almost every, you know, two weeks. And I started to question, is this fair to her? Is it fair to me? And then my vet was saying, you know, maybe, you know, in a roundabout way, maybe you should euthanize her. She said, I can see how much stress you're under. Um, but I couldn't see it at the time because I was wrestling with this other huge issue but what Gidget was trying to get me to see, you know, cause I was carrying this burden that I didn't need to carry. It wasn't mine to carry anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think too, you know, first before we came on and we were talking, I think so often we, I mean, talk about shame. You carry this huge amount of shame. Um, and then you want to sit in victim mode, even though I never really recognized it till afterwards that you do sit in this blame game and this victim game. And I can sometimes see it in other parts of my life now, like, oh, there I am doing it again. Yeah. And, you know, different things. Yep. But that serves us no purpose. I know. You know? I, I know. I used to see it with, I used to think, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't feel victim to anybody. But um, telcos, you know, you'd ring up and try and get your phone and they'd go from one operator to the next operator to the next. And they're usually in some, uh, you know, outsourced sort of Indian or Asian, like in Australia, sort of outsourced. And I would play, I would be victim to that, you know, and I would yeah. get so angry and frustrated. I'm like, there's your victim. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you think you're not a victim? you're just playing victim instead of like, these people are just trying to make a living, you know, <laughs> working at right. right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, in the strangest things we see, we see where we're holding the distortion. Yeah. Right. You know, and as I worked with all of that, <clears throat> you know, and being able to release that and just be with that and then integrate that is I would come to like realize that even though I know this is a hard concept for people to wrap their head around, I, there's two parts to this. I actually saw it as a gift mm. because I believe in, in many ways it shaped me into who I am. Mm -hmm. My way of coping with that once it came into my consciousness, but which is part of my personality. I, you know, I'm a very bubbly person. I um, tend to be very optimistic, very positive. But the other shadow, I wasn't dealing with the shadow part of it. I was just trying to be, you know, yeah. everything's okay. Da, da, yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. And then the other part of it too, is I would come to realize, and I remember just having this, it was another one of those moments where it just like came out of nowhere. I all of a sudden just felt this overwhelming amount of compassion and love for the person who had done this to me uh -huh. because I realized that person is must suffering. have been so wounded themselves. Right. And that was just, I mean, I swear my heart just like burst open. Yeah. To feel that. Yeah. And 
And it, I mean, that was something I never thought would happen, you know, mm -hmm. that I would have love and compassion for that person and, 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 and just really be able to go to, I mean, I don't know what their wounding was, yeah. but I assume there was, there had to have been to, oh, to absolutely. think you, you could do that to a child. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we were talking before we turned the recording on about a difficult client I had who um, who reached out to me. She has a big story. And um, I could tell that she was really in the victimhood of the story. And uh, she's reaching out to me because she wants to get over it. And yet nothing that was said, nothing that was done penetrated the story. And I was just saying to Barbara that, you know, why bother reaching out to someone and not listening to anything they say? Because if you want a therapist that's going to listen to your story and have you repeat it, put it on repeat and go over and over again, I'm not your gal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'll keep you coming back week after week after week as we go over all the traumas. Not me. Uh, you know, fast track your evolution and put you on an empowerment journey. That's me. And there was something in her that wanted that, you know, fast track. Like you can have one session with me and if you get it, you can transform. But if you right. don't, you're just going to stay in your story. Right. So what was it that helped you really get it? Like go from poor me, I'm a victim to, wow, this was actually a gift. Just remember when we started, before we started recording today and you were sharing that um, about your client and how she just like she had said to you, you just don't understand me. You don't get it. Just so upset. Mm -hmm. And that is what had happened to me with um, my friend who's an, she's an author and animal communicator has helped me in lots of different ways. And I had made the decision at one point I was going to put Gidget to sleep. Mm -hmm. I really, I really thought that's the problem right there. I really thought it was the right decision. And um, I had been working with somebody else who was helping me through this as well that difficult time. And, um, I had left a message for him and said, yeah, I've decided I'm going to put Gidget to sleep. And just as I hung up the phone with him, my, or did I, oh, now I'm trying to remember how it happened. I can't remember. I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but, um, my friend Dawn and I ended up connecting. I think I reached out to her. That's what happened because my, my other, um, uh, Joe, who's a coach that was helping me, he said, well, please keep me posted on how everything goes because you've taken me on the, on the journey this far and I want to make sure you're okay. And I thought about that and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to let Dawn know because she's been there for me and I, I need to let her know as well. And um, we ended up getting on the phone and she more or less said to me, I was, she really felt like I was making the wrong decision. And I remember there's where the, the rage finally came out of me. And I just said, you have no idea what my life is like and blah, 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 blah. And you don't understand. And, you know, I was so mad. I mean, I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I mean, ra the rage that, you know, and we, you know, if you've, you've had a wounding like that, you carry this rage that you're probably not even aware of. Yeah. But there it came just barreling out. And we went back and forth, you know, over Zoom for, a, you know, for probably a half hour. And she said, you know, I just, I just don't know how else I can help you. 
And she, she just suggested that I just go lay down with Gidget because the, I think it was either, it was going to be two days later that I had set the appointment up to um, put Gidget to sleep. And I remember laying on the sofa with Gidget next. In fact, you know, I didn't even want to hold Gidget at that point. I was just so angry. I was so mad. And I'm laying on the sofa with her next to me. And there just came a point where, and I had never that I remember having this feeling in my life that I just wanted to die. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to deal with the pain anymore. I didn't want to look at this shit anymore. I just wanted out because it was too hard. It was too hard. And that was before he had told, because I knew in my heart I had to tell my mom and I had to tell my husband. And when I heard that in my head that I didn't, that I want, you know, I didn't want to be here anymore, it shocked me. And I thought, who was that? Who just said that? And I realized it was me. The bubbly girl also just said she didn't want to be here anymore. And that shocked me into realizing, no, I, I do want to stay here. I, and I knew what I had to do. And I did it immediately, pretty much immediately. I didn't know, I didn't know how I was going to tell my husband. And I remember going to bed that night. And I, you know, I've heard of people saying they just surrender. And I didn't know what that looked like, what that felt like, what the hell does that mean? But I did. I just laid in bed and I just asked God for help. Show me the way. And the next morning I got up and I still wasn't sure. And then it all unfolded and out it came. And I finally, and you know, telling him that I went and went and told my mom afterwards. And how you said, you were sort of alluding to this before, you know, the fast track to evolvement and enlightenment is I felt this freedom that there you can't really describe. You have to do the work and be willing and be courageous to do that work, to feel that, because there are no words to explain it. There are no words. Absolutely. It's so interesting. Um, you know, the power of positivity and sometimes we use positivity to hide how we're really feeling. Like yes. Esther yes. Hicks says, we put a smiley sticker on an empty gas tank. You know? <laughs> like, oh, I love that. Yes. We pretend or we tell ourselves or we convince ourselves that we're happy, that we're positive. And I see that trap with a lot of people in the sort of law of attraction um, movement you know, oh, my God, I have to be positive to get what I want. So I'm going to, like, not look at my stuff and heal the shadow. I'm just going to be positive on top of all the rumblings inside me. Yeah. So the shadow work is so important to really to, to release it. It's like steam that's bubbling inside, isn't it? And when you said you lost it with your friend, you don't understand how I feel. That's like that cap that's been keeping that steam inside, like just like let go of that cap and that steam just like comes out it's like that anger and rage because you've not dealt with the shadow. Right. Yeah. And the like the judgment piece of it too. I remember saying to her, you know, I felt judged by her for my decision. Right. Right. And, you know, 
I can see, I mean, she was very calm, very, yeah. at the time, it didn't feel like it. I thought, you know, I thought we were friends and blah, 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 you know, but I remember, um, you know, her inviting me to take a look at that. And, you know, it's like, why should I look at that? You're judging me. But, you know, the whole part of it was I was afraid of being judged myself if I shared what had happened, yeah. what had happened to me, yeah. you know, and the rejection and everything that goes along with that. And you're so, it's so true about that positivity thing too. I, you know, that just really grates me the wrong way now when I, when I, I hear that out in the world, you know, cause it's like, no, we also have to look at the shadow. Cause we don't look at the shadow. We're just going to spin our wheels. You know, we're going to just keep repeating the same pattern over and over and over. And when you become aware of your patterns, not that you're going to do them again, but you, you're more aware of them and you can correct them. You can, of course, correct a lot sooner and a lot, most of the time, easier. Yeah. I feel that I have found. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so you didn't put down your little Daxon? You, you, you no. Did... Oh, let me share that because mm -hmm. this is, this is the most beautiful part of this whole unfolding. Oh, so no, I did not put her to sleep. And as I continued to, you know, I released that, shared that with my, you know, my mom, shared that with my husband, shared that with my family, you know, I would end up writing the book, which is a whole nother therapeutic process for me to put that out into the world. Um, she lived for another year. Um, and then she ended up with, um, she had congestive heart failure that went like that. And, um, but that year, as I came into my, you know, this peaceful place, this more free place, having to, having released that trauma, my dog, I watched her transform. When I had adopted her, um, one of her nicknames became Fidgety Gidgety. <laughs> she was, she was a very, could be a very hyper dog. She had I'm going to do this in air quotes because I don't really believe she had separation anxiety because she was picking up on my energy. And as I healed my trauma, this dog became so much more peaceful and was a whole different dog, just like I had become this whole different person. And this is what I want people to experience, not only within themselves, but so often our animals are mirroring what's going on inside of us. And then when we can work on ourselves, our animals change along with us. And then we have more peace and harmony within that relationship. Yeah. Every relationship. Every, our animals, you're right. Every. Our yes. children, our partners, our family. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It has exponential reach. Yeah. Um, expert. I've seen people, you know, in courses change their attitude towards, you know, oh, my brother, he's always angry with me, never speaks to me, blah, 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 blah. And then they've like changed the story and turned it around and found love and compassion. And then at lunch, the brother rings up and like, how are you? <laughs> you know, like it's had this profound effect on them. Yeah. Yeah. When we change our own vibration, how it absolutely because it how could it not we're all connected we're all one uh, absolutely especially with the animals I, and the people in our lives yeah right 
you know, and it's one of those things too, at least for me, maybe it's not for other people, but to actually, you know, have witnessed that in another being Mm -hmm. because of what shifting my own healing, you know, working with my own healing I needed to do. And what was fascinating to me. So I, you know, I mean, I could, I'm a pretty woo-woo girl <laughs> and yes. I love yes. oh, your woo-woo. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's what, this is what is, this has all been about too, is helping me to step into that. This is who I am. And, and then I'm, I am married to a complete Virgo. <laughs> right. So he's pretty and straight. Very, very straight. And logical. And, but what was really fascinating is I'm witnessing what's happening with Gidget and I'm like, is that? is she really like, I could just feel this new energy about her. And at one point he had said to me, do I, do you think, does it, isn't it, doesn't it seem Gidget's different? And I said, well, I was like, well, what do, what do you mean? And he said the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, he get he gets it. He gets it. He totally saw it too. And then I think he understands a little bit more about, you know, how I see the world. Yeah. Um, so that was a gift too. It was, ab- mm-hmm. you know, an absolute gift too. I was saying to Barbara, this is so synchronistic because I've got a client at the moment who um, had not mastered any form of meditation before she started having sessions with me. Like meditation was just a hassle. Then she started meditating and started contacting all her guides and like during the sessions that she's having with me. And and the one guide that's coming through that is like with exalted wisdom is the higher self of her dog. <laughs> yes. And uh, she's like, she's having these sessions with me. She's telling me what this dog's saying to her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is gold. This is just gold. You can't just keep this to yourself. You have to share this, you know, start a blog. So she started a blog. And uh, it's funny when she's, you write it all down, you think it's kind of like, eh, it's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's boring. It's like, it's not anything. You don't think it's anything special. That's your critical mind coming in. Yeah. So she put a few entries in the blog and then I started sharing it all over my Facebook page and people are just loving it. It just, and she's like, Oh my God, people are liking this stuff. You know, she's really (laughs) shocked. (laughs) Yeah. This stuff's gold. And this dog, this higher self of the dog, Morpheus is the higher self's name is just sharing just such exalted wisdom that is so simple but do you think yeah. that the dogs or the animals come to us as these higher souls and take on the diseases to teach us? Like what's your aspect of the understanding of the dogs and the diseases and in your life? Do you think that the soul of the animal, like what's your understanding of that? Wow, this is deep. Um, yeah, let me... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a hard thing, because I don't want people to like blame themselves. Um, But I do, I do believe that I believe that we make a soul contract, we make this agreement to come together. You know, my journey to adopting Gidget was not easy. I mean, there were, there were loops to jump through. And it was, you know, I kept thinking, what, what is this all about? But we were meant, we were destined to be together. Um, do they take on our illnesses? I, I do think so at times. You know, I think about what I was going through, you know, way back when with my first dog and Cassie Joe having cancer. I, I, you know, I had a hard, you know, I've never really looked too closely at that. I remember that going through my mind, you know, did she take on the stress that I was feeling? <clears throat> um, 
And I, I do, I do believe there is a component to that. I believe that that can happen. Um, but at the same time, I don't want people to fall into the trap of this blame. No, but I mean, the soul, the soul of the animal. <clears throat> yeah, but I'm asking the question. So my guides are just yeah. popping in. Uh, does the soul of the animal choose to experience the contrast of the sickness, the illness before they come in order to teach the human something about evolution i believe i believe that right I, I well i do because i believe i believe that we come together like gidget had things to heal within herself also right and and we reflected we mirrored each other we came together to heal you know um in fact gidget's going to be in an oracle deck well she's going to be in my oracle deck too i'm working on an animal oracle deck mm -hmm. but she's also going to be in a deck by another friend and another author um friend of mine and her card for that my friend's deck is going to be invasiveness and we heal that within each other mm -hmm. you know and i i just yeah and i want to speak a little bit about that okay. invasiveness mm -hmm. because i remember when um her name is tammy she came to me and she um you know i definitely wanted gidget to be in her deck because she just does beautiful work and um and I've learned a lot from her. She talks a lot about soul agreements with our animal friends. I've taken a lot of her classes, which I incorporate in my own work that I do. And I remember she said, you know, I would like for Gidget's card to be about invasiveness. And I remember when I got that email, I was like, ooh, what? You know, no, I, I, I was like, no, I don't, I don't, that it, you know, I, it felt invasive to me and what? immediately, as I started to sit with why that felt uncomfortable, comfortable to me, you know, cause we're always, we're always healing. We're always a work in progress, which I always say, you know, to my clients and, and, and to, you know, my friends, um, you know, and I write about that and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, um, what was coming up for me again was like the shame and the guilt of that, because in some ways I feel like I had, you know, was invasive to Gidget. But then I had to remember, no, 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 no. That this was a gift that we saw the wounding within each other. And this wasn't a bad thing. This is, this is a gift that we're going to share with other people now, you know, through that Oracle deck and, you know, through the, the book I've written about her um, to heal that within ourselves. So, but at, you know, st you know, even I, after I had done all that work and then to hear Tammy say that, I was like, oh, I don't know about that, you know? Cause it felt so, it felt really invasive, you know, to my privacy, to my, you know, my wounding. But it was just another example of me being able to release that and understand really what the gift was in that. Yeah, yeah. I know when you can talk about your trauma without having any sort of emotional hit on it, then you know you've then you know it's really healed. Like rather than trying to cover it up and be private about it, like that's my stuff, I'm private. Like, yeah, there's no privacy in my life at all. People will kind of go into this <laughs> series listening to you. There's no privacy, you know. Um, everyone's listening to you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's a good thing in our world as we're moving into a more telepathic society. Where does privacy live when we're reading everyone's, where we can read each other's minds? Like with me, there is no privacy because I'm, I'm seeing you. 
you know, like you can hide, but I'm seeing it. I might not see the exact story, but I'll see the distortion, even your your happy face. You'd be smiling and saying, I'm great. I'm fabulous, but I'm look, I'm seeing the energy inside you. So where does privacy live when we're all operating like that? Doesn't, there's no privacy, right? Yeah. Especially amongst empaths who can feel each other's vibration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Uh, What else did I wanted to say? Uh, Okay. I wanted to say this about your husband. So you said you haven't got another animal because your husband's not ready yet. He's seen you nurse. How many dogs have you had now? Well, I, We've had five and three of them were special needs. So those three, they were a lot of work. And he's probably seen you go through a lot of emotional turmoil (laughs) being their carer. And I just get that your husband's kind of exhausted because he cares so much about you. Seeing you in emotional turmoil is like emotional turmoil for him. So he's not ready to see you go through that again. But... Is there another experience with an animal that doesn't have to go through the emotional turmoil that's waiting for you? Right. Okay. Well, you nailed it with my <laughs> husband. <laughs> <laughs> Only nailed it. Um, and I, uh, you know, he has said to me, he just wants me to himself. Right. He- for a while longer and you know what one part of me thinks oh that's so sweet and blah 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 and the other part of me is like but I want a dog you know he's thinking that the next animal is going to be as much work as the last ones right and we've had this discussion that's exactly what came up in the discussion and let me just share share this is I said to him exactly what you were alluding to I said I I and we did when um, before Gidget passed and we, we really opened up to each other about how we were dealing with things, which I go, I'm very honest in the book as well. Um, and I had said to him, you know, after Gidget's gone, I, I don't want to care for any more special needs animals. Right. I, I was exhausted myself, you right. know, and it was all, they were all a blessing. It all, yeah. and this was my journey. I'm appreciative and grateful for it. And I had to assure him you know, I, I don't want to do that again. And so he actually had started the conversation. Oh, I, I would say this was about two months ago. And he just one night started talking about a dog sitting in front of the, you know, the wood stove and being out on the deck with us in the summer. And, and then when I tried to bring it up again, and I said, cause I'm thinking, Oh, the green light go right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I bring it up a couple nights later and I said so you know what's what's your time frame what are you thinking time frame of like spring or summer <laughs> and he and I I don't he just he wasn't ready I totally misunderstood what he was saying and he's like whoa whoa wait a minute no you know and but I said to him you know I would really like a dog that just you know, we love to go camping. That's something we just started a couple years ago. I said, I want a dog that wants to go camping with us, just wants to have fun and be a really easy caring dog. I said, you know, we can set that intention. Yeah. If we set it together 
And, you know, every dog we've had in our life, and we have, we've had five, the three dachshunds and then two uh, Labrador retrievers. Oh, no, I shouldn't say that the last lab he wanted, but all the other ones I wanted. And I just went out and got them because I wanted them. Yeah. And I said, I want to make this decision as a family, the two of us, you know, we don't have children. Um, you know, we've always had dogs. And so hopefully we'll get there. <laughs> You know, I just before, because I had that spare half hour, because I thought we were going to come on a half hour earlier, I um, I started writing on Facebook and I wrote this uh, true visualization coupled with positive feelings or emotion is an exalted attribute acting in the human mind. When you consciously picture what you want, you are using a powerful means of manifesting your desire into existence. And that's what you were saying, like thinking about the dog you want, setting the intention. And then as I was writing that, I was chatting with the mob and they were saying, because everything that you can visualize is actually a reality that already exists. Wow. Right. So as you visualize it, you're tapping into a reality. And then as you put your focus on it, you're bringing that reality into this timeline because time and space is, you know, like we live in this linear experience, but from a higher experience, everything's already happened, which is kind of mind blowing to the human mind that's rooted in linear, you know, existence, like one after the other time. Are you like, are you speaking sort of along the lines of like quantum physics? Well, I say that. Yeah. But, but visualization is actually tapping into a reality that already exists. And then as you keep visualizing it, you bring it into this existence, good or bad. You know, the universe doesn't have any judgment. Right. You visualize, you can visualize heaven or hell. Uh, But yeah, just that, you know, like setting that intention, we can set that intention to have a dog and he's going to be like this and he's going to be like that. And yeah. And then trusting, I think that's a big, you know, if you set the intention and then trusting that when that is supposed to happen, it will happen. And here's the, I'll share this other part with you that was interesting. Um, You know, I have a lot of friends that are animal communicators and work with animals, you know, like at the end of their life. And I was uh, sitting on a, in on a program with one of my other friends and about, you know, bringing a rescue dog into your life, which I would like to rescue another one. And um, so I brought up the, you know, and preparing to bring another dog into your life. So I, at the end, you know, you could ask a question and I brought up the fact that, you know, here I thought we were gonna get another dog and now he's not ready. And then I said, oh, I don't even know if you can help me with this. I don't even know why I'm asking this. You know, and I started crying because it was, you know, just so painful at that moment. and. I remember she said to me, she said, I said, I want the dog right now, but he doesn't. And I remember she said to me, but that's your agenda. And I was, and I knew it as truth, you know, and I just was like, but I didn't want to hear it, you know? And, and then she said, you just have to trust that yeah. when when it the time is right that is going to come into your life you set that intention and I knew she was true I knew it was true I know it's true yeah <laughs> it's just sometimes I have a hard time trusting that it's really gonna happen again that I can share my love with another dog you know yeah but it will it will yeah but isn't and- that so true we we put our agenda on it 
And instead of trusting, you know, in, in the, in the, the flow of life and what the universe is going to bring us, you know, we think, no, I got it. You know, I'm going to make, I'm in control here. I'm going to make this happen. I think where we get stuck, Barbara, is that we think about what we want and then we make that the reason for our happiness. So it better come now, better come quick because I can't be happy until I get that, whether it's the new dog or the new lover or the, the health in the body or the, the job or the house or the, you know, whatever it is that we think that we want. And as powerful, deliberate creators, we understand that happiness is, you know, is happening now. Happiness is available here and now. And so when we align with that happiness, we think that the thing or the dog or the person is going to bring us, we're now matched to that reality becoming manifest in our experience. But what, what I see with your husband is that you said, you know, when he started visualizing it and saying, oh, I can, you know, it'd be great to have a dog. I can see him sitting on the deck. I think that he's totally getting ready. <laughs> he's totally getting ready for the next dog. So, I do too. I mean, yeah. I do too. And the thing is, you know, I, I love dachshunds. I mean, they will be my heart dogs forever. But you're not getting um, another dachshund. I'm not getting another no. dachshund. I, it's too, you know, they... They have that disc disease and it's too risky. I just, I can't, I don't want to go through that again if that would happen. You're um, getting a bigger dog. I see a bigger dog, but I'm not going to. Do go you? Through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, I, how, about, <laughs> how about a mid-sized dog? I would like a mid-sized dog. Okay, but bigger than a dachshund rather. <laughs> bigger. Right, right. Yeah. Not yeah. a great day. But that's a thing too. Like, I don't really know what I want. <laughs> So like, what am I getting so upset about? You know? Do you think that the dachshunds that you've had, do you think that it was the same soul in each dog or do you think it was a different soul? Did you sort Oh, of I love that, that question. I actually feel that I, I did feel when I got um, Gidget that she had a part of the soul of Frankie and Joey. Mm-hmm. Like she was a combination of them plus her own, her own self that she brought along with that. Um, and let me just say this about the dachshund. In my experience in my life, part of the reason I believe that they came into my life is going to go back to the whole journey I went through that I wrote about in my last book. So from that childhood wounding of being touched inappropriately as a child, I had you know buried that. So I would come to understand through you know healing all of this so when I turned 29 years old, if you think about like limiting beliefs and things we're, we're told and conditioned to believe, I'm 29 years old. I've been married nine or 10 years at that point. And I had said, you know, I didn't want children. My husband said he didn't want children. And then all of a sudden I turned 29 years old and I got scared that, oh my God, now I never can you know, I better get going here if I want them, but yet I just didn't, I just didn't, I, but I didn't know why. And, you know, caring for these three special needs dachshunds actually fulfilled this place in me of nurturing and mothering that is so much a part of who I am. And toward the, I think it was, gosh, I think it was about a week before Gidget was getting ready to, to move on to the other, the other realm, the other world. I would have another, uh, I don't even know on what you want to call it, but I had this like 
moment where I realized that I had all this, you know, when I was growing up, I had like a grandma who would say to me, when are you having kids? You know, blah, 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 you know, and I realized one day that why I never did have children mm -hmm. is I had carried that wounding with me and I covered it up by saying, no, I didn't want kids. And what was really hard, part, part of this healing, what was really hard for me was to realize I had wanted children. And now it was too late. Or you just wanted to love like you would love a child. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I wasn't, I think I, I wasn't, I wasn't destined to do that. Yeah, in that absolutely. Way. Absolutely. Which, you know, but I had to, I had to feel my way through that. And I had to own that fact. Absolutely. And acknowledge it and integrate it. And that, which I did, I worked through all of that, but that was just another piece of piece. the healing that freed me. Yeah. And I could look back. And I could look at the reason I had these three dachshunds is they fulfilled that oh, absolutely. part of me that I am so grateful for. Yeah. Um, you know, in the blog that I was telling you about my client, it's called Wisdom of My Dog. Uh, she was saying that she had a family member that was really into Mother Mary. And I said, okay, because she was really tapping into all the guys. I said, bring through a, bring through a message for Mother Mary for your family member. And she goes, okay, but Mother Mary didn't turn up. Uh, Archangel Chamuel turned up because the family member was having relationship problems, right? And Chamuel was this archangel of love and love, loving relationships. And uh, she didn't know. She'd never heard of Archangel Chamuel, which is I love that, you know, like he just turns up and she has to Google. Oh, no Who kidding. Is Who is he? Anyway, <laughs> and so he was explaining to her about how to help her family member, you know, through the loving relationship. And then the dog was saying, bring me over to your family member's place so that she can learn about unconditional love from me because she's learning about different facets of love through this sort of relationship she's having, but she needs to learn about unconditional love and I can teach her that, mm. you know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, this dog is so amazing. <laughs> Yeah, they are just so amazing and I think that you know when I had a child I remember thinking I have never loved a human being like I love this child like this child is teaching me about unconditional love because yeah. like a sick animal animals are a bit easier to um, care for than children but a sick animal is probably not like it keeps you up all night it's vomiting yeah. on you you know it's pooping all over you it's pissing all over you and this is what a child does and still it's like it's not giving you flowers and taking you out for dinner and still you're loving it <laughs> oh. and so it could be a child or an animal that teaches you about unconditional love it doesn't really matter uh, the lesson is the same the, the, be true. the being yeah. might be different but the lesson is the same yeah yeah to, I mean for me definitely to it's undescribable that that love you know that you're speaking of that you know I, yeah I mean it is unconditional love that you get from them and I can't even find words. It just that, is such a beautiful you, experience. And that you give to them because looking yeah. after a special yeah. needs dog would take a lot of unconditional love. Yeah. 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 And I, and I know for me, you know, and I know the reason I went through things I went with Gidget. I mean, there was a point, like I said, I just, that was hard for me to, 
that was a point that was just so difficult for me is like, I was angry at this little dog for being sick, you know, and having these chronic issues, but it was reflecting what I needed to, to, you know, heal within myself. And there was so much shame in that because I had, you know, I had built this identity on, you know, my first little disabled dog. And I had written two children's a book about her. I wrote a memoir about her. I took her to over 400 schools and libraries. And I had, you know, shared the story of her life and how she changed mine. And now here I am with this third dachshund and I am angry at her for having all these issues. And the shame that I felt was so intense, Karen. It was so intense. And I thought if anybody knew, oh my gosh, they're going to just, how can you be angry at this little dog? Um, But, you know, looking back, I realized why that all, because I had to heal what I needed to heal is what she was trying to shake that out of me. And she, she was doing everything in her power to, to make that happen. You know? Wow. She was such a, she's still a gift. I mean, like I said, she'll be gone two years in May. I don't hear from her a lot of late, but that first year she was gone. Oh my gosh. We had, we were, we were talking to each other all the time. And I haven't, I've never experienced that with any of my other dogs where I, I knew she was here. I knew she was helping me yet. And I think now she knows I got it. I'm okay. And um, so she's finally resting pretty peacefully, I think. And I'm happy for her for that. She, she another, deserves it. Maybe there's another book there, the higher self of her. What is she teaching? Maybe. I don't know. Well, I think I do. I think we do go through that, you know, in the book. Um, there's, there's a lot of that in there. When as did well. you, when did you bring out the last book? When, when was it? That came out, um, last, it came out in last April, just as we were going, starting into the whole COVID oh, thing. So and it's pretty recent. Yeah. What a crappy time to come out with a book, but no, I perfect must say, time because people are well, staying at home. What else can they do? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think. I think more more people are open to reading about this now, about healing our own inner stuff. I'm not so sure they were at the time, um, but I just I actually just uh, found out on Sunday I won an award for the book through the Dog Writers Association of America, Lovely. called the Rio Rio Award. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that, and um, I just I just so believe at my core that the animals are here. You know, I think about, let me just first say, um, they're here to help us heal. I, I know that I have lived that over and over in my life. And, and not just the animals in our life, but the animals out in nature. Um, they so want us to, you know, live in peace. And we have to respect each other. Um, and when we respect them, we respect ourselves. And I really think about like the whole year of 2020, you know, since, oh my goodness, you know, my dogs, if it's, you know, the name of my website is Joyful Paws, which is P-A-W-S, but there's a play on the word here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tie this into 2020 and everything yeah. we've gone through. And then my dogs have taught me to slow down, to pause, P-A-U-S-E, to reflect, to listen to what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, in all of 2020, 
has taught us to do that. Instead of looking to the external world to fix what's going on inside of here, it begins right here. It begins within each one of us. I truly believe, and I know people have called me, you know, I'm a daydreamer, whatever. Um, I believe that's the way to peace. Yeah. World peace. I truly do. And I tell my husband, I have to live to be 500 years old because I want to see it happen on the planet. <laughs> and I'm, I'm determined to help as many people as I can. Um, whether it's that, you know, a relationship with themselves or a relationship with their animal friends, you know, that's what I do now. I, I use Oracle cards as my tool and I am blown away every time I, I just want to share a little bit about that because I'm so passionate about, it and I love when these things happen. Um, when I do Oracle readings for people and their animal friends, it's a different way of connecting with the animal. And I, at the last card I pull is always a message from the animal. And every stinking time, it is so profound, but so simple. And it ties into the whole aspect of what we are talking about. So that's why when before when I said, you know, I see animals as oracles, mm. because oracle cards are just reflecting that energy also like our animals are doing for us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just, you know, I, I'll share, I had one, one client where her dog, 14 years old, and I have permission to share this story, um, Jessica and Max. And um, the lab is 14 years old, and he's, um, you know, he struggles to walk. And I remember she said to me, you know, it really unnerves me when I see that happen. And I really picked up on that. I thought, what, what is, why does that bother her so much? So as we did the reading, um, what would transpire during that is she um, had been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease just the year before. And she was struggling within that, within her own self of trying to accept that she had to move through her days, you know, as a, a mom with two young children and a, a full-time business, business that she has. She was really struggling with accepting that and, you know, in a way it unnerved her that she had to be that way when she didn't want to be that way. And so that's what the whole reading had revealed. And at the end, when I pulled the specific card just from the message from Max, I have it sitting here in front of me because we both were just like, just our hearts just flew open. The message on the card was acceptance and loving what is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a beautiful example of animals too. It's just loving what is mm. loving what is right there in our presence as a gift that is helping us to evolve and expand and to be better human beings that is what they teach us so beautifully as well mm. radical acceptance yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I'm thinking of the cats, you know, I've got a cat in the next one. I've got a cat and we feed each other's cats when we're away or whatever. And um, she's very fussy about the cat being fed on time at exactly the same time. But I'm like, cats have just such, you know, if they don't get fed exactly, they're just sort of, like they've got acceptance. They can complain. You can turn your cat or your animal into a whining, whingy. <laughs> but on the whole, they're so accepting of what is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My poor cat, I had a um, cat for 20 years 
who died peacefully and then this one turned up four weeks later and that cat went through so many you know like I remember I moved in with this woman who had a couple of little dogs she was going to move out and I was going to take over the lease of the house she didn't end up moving out but the cat couldn't even live inside the house it had to live on the roof of the next door neighbors I had to feed it out the window because it was too frightened to come into the house because the dogs would be like and I'm like that poor cat went through so many so many house changes and so many changes completely accepting you know yeah. completely didn't complain yeah radical yeah. acceptance yeah love yeah movies. animals definitely teach us that don't they absolutely you know anything that's happening in our lives there's a there's a root cause there's a root reason to it you know and if we can get to that place um you know and look at it. it took me till I was 55 years old to finally get to that place. But hallelujah, I got there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. But, you know, I think the earth is going through its shadow experience because what is hidden will be revealed. You know, we can stick a happy smile over an empty gas tank. But eventually the car's going to run out of gas. <laughs> right. Eventually the car's going to stop running. And uh, that's happening globally at the moment. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. so much coming up to the surface that's been hidden. Corruption and distortion. And yeah, like planet Earth is doing its shadow work at the moment. And there I, are, Oh, there are, I definitely feel that too. And there you know, are beings really, that are trying to stick the happy smile on and say, no, no, everything's going to be all right. Just take the vaccine yeah. and everything's going to go back to normal. Like trying to stick that happy, like trying to push down what's actually happening. Yeah. So it's, it's like, we have to see, we have to see the darkness in order for the, for the light to be exposed. I mean, we can't, there's no other way to do it. We have to be willing to look at that darkness and we have to be willing, you know, I've had this discussion with my mom. I have a very close relationship with her and we can talk about just about anything. And, you know, I feel like I'm one of those people that used to do that, put the happy sticker on the empty gas tank. And cause I didn't, I couldn't believe that there really was evil in the world or that there I... were bad things, you know? Um, but there are, but there are. And, the only way to heal it is to see it and, and to acknowledge that it's there. Um, and, and to see it through the eyes of source too. I think Paul Selleck's right. um, guide say it so beautifully is something like when you, when you look upon it through, um, oh gosh, I always get the words wrong. I understand the concept. When you see it through the eyes of wisdom, when you can see the reason, this is very much the work I do with people, when you can see the reason why it existed, what you learned from it. And you said that so beautifully. It, it, um, it kept you focused on your journey. It, it taught you compassion. It taught you how to forgive. You know, there were so many benefits from going through this traumatic experience. Uh, it, it made you the person you are today. It helps you help others. There's so many benefits. So if you can see the divinity in the distortion, yes. Yes. Your focus on the divinity and the distortion absolutely transmutes the energy. Like as you look upon it with love and say, thank you, gratitude, yeah. it just, it just yeah. disappears. And I think that that's such a powerful lesson that we all need to remember because we're looking on what's happening with um, 
disgust and and um, and resistance and no, I don't want this. And I'm seeing this in the spiritual community, you know, as they roll out vaccines and they do all this sort of stuff, there's everyone's fighting against what is instead of looking on it like, why is it happening? What's the benefit? Looking at it through divine wisdom and seeing what's the, the bigger perspective, right? The there's perspective. there there is a and I get caught up in too. I mean, I'm a human being. Sometimes yeah. I just get and I and then I go back to that. Okay, Barb, remember, there's a bigger plan in place here. There's a bigger Absolutely. perspective that's going to help shift where we need to be, where we need, where we're going, and where we need to be. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Oh, darling one, thank you for sharing your story. It's such a gorgeous story. Thank <laughs> you. I'll um, thank ask you. you to send me some photos of the little dogs and I'll pop them up on YouTube. So for those people listening on audio, if you want to see the little dogs, go and watch the YouTube video. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I love I love showing them off and sharing them. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Any last yeah, thank you. wisdom you want to leave us with before we go? Gosh, I feel like I have nothing more to say. I We've kind of caught the wall. <laughs> you know, I know what I'll say. Right before I got on the call with you today, I picked an oracle card. Uh-huh. Um, this is from the Spirit Animal Oracle. And I, I loved this card. This is, what, this is a shadow animal, actually, for a lot of people. So I feel like it's pertinent uh-huh. to, to, to leave everybody with, which is spider spirit. Mm. Look how beautiful. But, you know, think about everything we're going through in the world. You know, we're all weaving a new story. Right. We all can create the story and the, the world. The, the, the message on the bottom is make your dreams real. We get to do that. We can manifest that. We can mm-hmm. make that happen in our lives. But it, and it's so interesting with Spider because we have to look at the shadow side and integrate that in, you know, and release that and heal that in order to create the story that we really want for our lives. Yeah. So the shadow side would be the fear, like why are you scared of spiders? What do they represent? What's the fear coming up in you? Because it's right. not the spider that's scary. It's your, no. it's your thought that's scary. Yep. Yeah, I yep. talk to my spiders. We live in Australia. I live in Australia, as you know, and we are surrounded by spiders. There are a lot of insects in Australia, <laughs> cockroaches, spiders, snakes, not too many snakes in the city, but uh, especially in the outback, there's plenty of snakes. So, yeah, we're surrounded by these so-called scary animals. Yeah, we have to make peace. They're not really scary. They're just animals. Yeah. Yeah, if we make peace with them, they're gonna, they're gonna leave us alone, and it's all gonna be fine. And yeah, I definitely have a better relationship with spider than I used to also I used to, (laughs) I would just like stomp on them. And now I do the same thing. I just let them be. I have this great thing. It took me years to buy it. I saw it at a market. And I thought that's great. And I didn't buy it. And then years later, I actually ended up buying one. It's called a spider catcher. So it's like filaments of plastic sort of, um, uh sort of string you know plastic i can't even think anyway and so it looks like that and and it's got a handle on it and it picks up the spider really gently and you just take the spider outside and you release the thing and it lets go and it doesn't hurt the spider so i like that yeah we get some really big spiders here some really i can imagine i I went to bed the other night and there was a spider (laughs) on the bedroom wall and i just looked at it he was little he wasn't he was a huntsman but he was a little huntsman like some of them are as big as your hand you know yeah and i just looked at him and i said 
well, have a nice time catching the mosquitoes in my bedroom tonight. I went to bed and I thought, oh, I love that. I hope you don't crawl over my face in the middle of the night. <laughs> but I didn't even bother taking him outside. I just said, you know, thanks for being there. But yeah, yeah. Make, make peace with the spiders. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Karen. I just, I love your interviews you do and I'm just honored to have been um, to be able to talk to you today. So thank you so much. Wasn't that delightful? I just loved that conversation with Barbara. We act, we chatted for like so much more afterwards, sharing stories about the cats and the dog. And I was saying how my brother, we had never, we didn't have any cats or dogs when we grew up. Barbara. My parents didn't want any animals. And my dad found a little white rat little white mouse in the car one day as the three of us the three children when we were little getting into the car and we were so starved for animals we're like please can we keep it please 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 and um we kept it this little white mouse and it grew into this enormous white rat but anyway we still loved it until i think mum got over it and then you know i don't know what she did with the rat who knows he disappeared went to rat heaven what parents do with animals that they don't want anymore but um, my brother was in his 50s when he got his first dog and I saw that dog completely transform this man more than the children did. You know, having children softened his heart, but the dog even more so softened his heart. So beautiful, so beautiful. Animals are such a gift, aren't they? Don't you love them? I love them. They're beautiful. My cat is normally crawling all over me. She's not today, or he's not today. It's a boy. Uh, I don't know where he is. He's outside playing. But yeah, that was gorgeous. I have to read her book now. I haven't read her book. That sounds like um, sounds like a great book. And uh, if you want to check out that blog from my client, it's called Wisdom from My Dog. I'll put it in the description for this show for you to check out uh, the higher self, wisdom of the higher self of her dog. It's such a delightful blog. I'm just loving it. I can't wait for the next installment. Like, when's the next one? When's the next one? <laughs> She's great. I've become a big fan. And uh, yeah, let me know about your animals in the comments. What animal transformed your life or healed you, helped heal you? They're such amazing animals, so amazing. You know, I often wonder as we evolve into a new experience on planet Earth and violence becomes less of a thing, I wonder how the animals evolve. You know, because a lot of teachers, especially um, teachers like Esther Hicks, Abraham Teachings, say... Um, you know, animals will always eat animals, even when humans don't, like when we talk about vegetarianism. But I, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, as we evolve, will that still happen? Do you think animals will still chase each other and eat each other? And it's kind of violent watching a tiger devour a deer or an elk or something. Uh, I was watching something on YouTube and there were these buffalo passing, crossing a dirt road somewhere, and then this cheetah had grabbed a baby one and was dragging it across the road and all these buffalo were chasing after it trying to save this baby baby buffalo in the cheetah's mouth leopard leopard it was a leopard had spots in the leopard's mouth uh, it seems kind of quite violent doesn't it uh, i wonder if that will happen or if animals will start eating more vegetables they'll keep eating each other it's a thought anyway what do you think ah oh, yes i loved that show uh, who's coming up? I don't know, a few people coming up. It's great to be back, uh, back, back on the, um, back with the shows. 
It's coming up next week. Oh, I've got some angels coming up next week. Valerie Barrow is coming, talking about, she wrote the book Ringa, talking about the um, beginnings of Earth and human evolution. That should be fascinating. She's in her 80s now, Valerie. Jacob uh, Cooper, I think he had another NDE-er. Dr. Lynn Morell, who's a beautiful spiritual teacher. She's got a lot, a lot of things to share. Yeah, there's quite a few people coming up. And Michael Tamora is coming in this weekend to the Inner Sanctum. I don't know. If you watch my shows, you'll know that he's one of my favorite all-time teachers. He's just an exalted spiritual teacher here on earth. All homage to Michael. I just really, just really respect his wisdom and his access to wisdom. Just amazing. So he's coming into the Inner Sanctum as, a, as our guest teacher for this month of February. And I'm excited about that. So if you want to join our online sessions, please do so. Go to Karen Swain slash Inner Sanctum and sign up. We're online every week. I'm online every week teaching all sorts of things. Psychic ability, talking to your spirit guides, deliberate creation. But with everything that we uh, wish to accomplish in this world, there's you know these rules about how we accomplish it, whether we're speaking to spirit guides or expanding our, our intuitive and psychic uh, abilities or learning to channel. You have to align with the energy that you're looking for. You have to find the frequency to bring it into manifestation. So your doubt and your, I can't do this, I don't know how to do this, I'm not special, I'm not psychic, all that pinches you off from being in alignment for, to actually be what it is that you want to be. So it's the same principles, deliberate creation, whether you're manifesting a lover, a house, psychic ability, or anything that you want to create in this world. It's the same principles, which we go over a lot in the inner sanctum. Because we're, so, we're so taught the opposite. We're taught that our effort creates what we want. We have to struggle and work hard to create what we want instead of just being in the flow and in the alignment of positive energy. Because everything you want, you want because you think in the having of it, you'll feel good or feel better. So find the frequency of that which you want to feel in the now and you're a vibrational match to manifesting what you want. It seems pretty simple. Try living it. <laughs> don't try. Don't try. Please don't try. Just live it. Just live it. Live it. Thanks again for watching. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And remember to buy the book awakened by death. Bye for now.